You're listening to Spirited Spirits, a spooky-centric podcast where we enjoy a spirit while we talk about spirits. I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. Thanks for joining us. And might I say, my darling, that you look out of this world tonight. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We're talking about aliens. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Well, (laughs) so aliens freak me out with their large black eyes. But since I chose the last topic, which ironically also included black eyes, um, it was Drew's turn to decide what we should cover this week. So Yeah, and since we decided to kind of start this podcast, I always knew I wanted to talk about aliens at one point. I know it's not really spirit, spirits, spirits or whatever. Well, I mean, but the thing is, though, spooky. is like I was a huge X-Files. I still am a, a big X-Files fan. Um, and was when I was a kid. My dad and I watched it every Friday night. So this this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I love X-Files. And I definitely think there's a connection between extraterrestrial phenomena and paranormal activity. I, I'm thinking specifically of like Skinwalker Ranch. Right. And other places where there's this heightened paranormal activity, but also UFOs have been reported you know, cryptids, all of these different things. So I I definitely think there's a connection. Yeah, and there's so much we could talk about with regards to aliens, but we're going to narrow our focus and discuss UFOs and alien encounters that have been reported here in our home state of Kentucky. That's right. So let's tell folks what we're drinking tonight. Um, If you follow us on Instagram, then you may have seen our post. We are drinking, by the way, this thing is so good. It's a neon green cocktail called, well, it's called the Alien, but I'm calling it the Little Green Men. So it's like essentially one part coconut rum, one part Midori melon liqueur, and one part pineapple juice. But I actually liked it two parts coconut rum, two parts Midori, and two parts pineapple juice, mainly because we, our cocktail glasses are huge. Like they never fill up completely. So. <laughs> right and it's pretty good i think i it's like the so color good. i like the color it's i'm just really, not a big fan of coconut it's though. really well yeah you i'm not like, a fan of coconut. but it's so tropical i could drink this shit on the beach it's delicious oh my god i mean it looks like radioactive algae it's is delicious true. oh my gosh okay so let's dive into the first story okay okay so the i'm gonna spend a lot of time on this one but i do think it's a really good story to cover so On a hot evening in August, it was actually August 21st, 1955, the Sutton family and a few friends were hanging out in the family's small one-story farmhouse located in a rural hamlet of Kelly, Kentucky, which is just outside of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Uh. At about 7 p.m., Billy Ray Taylor, who is a friend of the family, went outside to get some water from the well when he spotted a bright metallic object, which he described had a, it had a rainbow colored exhaust and it was hovering in the air near the house. He said it moved silently over the house and then dropped straight down to the ground in a wooded area behind the house. Billy Ray ran back inside to tell the others what he had seen, but of course they laughed at him. They thought he was just pulling a prank, just joking with them or trying to trick them. So they didn't really I take mean, it seriously. I would have, I, that's understandable. I would have thought the same thing. Like, oh, okay, okay, Billy Ray, 
Being into, well, it ran way too much into the moonshine. Right. Well, and it's and it's definitely that time period, right, where like aliens are being reported on in the media. Right. Yeah, it's the 1950s, right? Right. So yeah. Billy Ray refused to let it go. And so he and Elmer Sutton, who Elmer went by the name Lucky. So I'm going to be referring to him as Lucky. Okay. okay. They go outside and Billy Ray is showing him where it had been in the sky before it landed. And then kind of like where out, he's pointing out in the woods to where it had landed. Apparently Billy Ray and or Billy Ray and Lucky had been good friends and apparently they worked together on a traveling carnival. Mm. Every time I hear traveling, this is not even related to aliens, but every time I hear traveling carnival, I think of the movie Something Wicked This Way Comes <laughs> and the short story by Ray Bradbury, which, by the way, if you have not it's watched great. that and you haven't read that, it is a great short story. It is a great movie. Um, I saw it way too young as a child. Um, no, you didn't. A child's head gets cut off in a hallucination. It's not real. We have not shown our child that yet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Whatever. I still saw child's play when I was three, so. And well, that explains a lot. Okay, so. anyway. <laughs> I know how it sounds, the fact that they were involved in this traveling circus. But right. just let me tell you everything that happens, and then you can decide for yourself. Okay. Okay. So let me give you a little bit of a, additional information, just kind of get the full grasp here. So the Sutton family consisted of Glennie Lankford, who was a 50-year-old widow. She had two adult sons, Lucky and his brother JC, and they were visiting her on the farm with their wives. Glennie's three younger children from another marriage. It was like a, a the marriage, I guess, after her sons like she'd been married twice before okay okay so um from her second marriage she had these three younger children who were like 10 11 and 13 or something like they were fairly young and then they had invited billy ray who was a friend of the family and his wife over as well as a man named op okay look so hold on hey i'm gonna need a family tree <laughs> or if you're so part just, of the, okay. Hold on. If you're part of the social worker group of people that are listening, like my friends, I need a genogram. Like, I need a full-on <laughs> genogram okay. of, hold on, I need a full genogram of, like, relationships and stuff like that to know exactly what these people feel about each other and who they are. Because I obviously can't she's very even convenient. tell you all. Okay, Glennie was the matriarch. Okay, got it. And then she has two older adult sons. All right. From a previous marriage. The, yeah. There's a lot of people in this house. Then she me. had three younger children from a second marriage. Okay. Got and it. then they had family friends. All right. Okay. Right. All right. Cool. I, I'm caught up now. Okay. So it was a Sunday evening. They had just eaten dinner. And that's when Billy Ray went out to get the water at the well. And he saw this thing that was hovering above the house. Okay. Okay. So Billy Ray and Lucky went outside and as, as I said, he was showing him where everything was. And as they were getting ready to turn around and walk back inside the house, they saw this glowing light emerge out of the woods. Mm. And as the light got, got closer, they realized it was a small humanoid creature. <laughs> and it appeared to be floating. It had legs, but it was flo kind of floating off the ground towards them. Okay. They said it had huge... A huge globe-shaped head with pointy ears, glowing yellow eyes. Its ar arms were extended, and they could see talon-like fingers. And its body was silver, 
I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was like a silver suit. I don't think it was the skin was silver necessarily. I think it was in a suit. And it was glowing in the moonlight. Is this a robot? A robot? A robot. A rob- robot. <laughs> a robot. What are you doing right now? <laughs> just a, a robot. <laughs> Is this an inside joke that I'm not aware no, of? No. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, the men ran inside and grabbed their guns. Of course. Because, well, they're good old boys. Yeah. They're Kentucky boys. Right. So they're going to grab their guns. We come and, you're not going to say, like, we come and be. We don't ask We're questions. We're going to shoot you. <laughs> we don't ask questions. We're going to shoot you first. Yeah. So they're ready to shoot the, quote, unquote, otherworldly goblin. Okay. Apparently, Glenny, who's the matriarch, she gets upset with him. She's like, what the hell are you all doing? She, th- she thought it was a prank. She thought they were taking it way too far and they were just screwing around. And so she sent her youngest children to bed. Hmm. Probably a good, good idea. <laughs> well, but so then she comes back and she suddenly this three foot creature appears in the doorway and she screams and the two men see it and they start firing at the being, which reportedly flipped out of the way and scrambled off. Billy Ray then stepped out onto the porch, I guess, to kind of get a better shot at it. I don't know. And his wife, Aileen, saw this clawed hand reach down from the roof near his head. Like, it was getting ready to stroke his hair. It sounds like signs. She pulled him back inside the house. But Lucky went out and pointed his gun at the creature on the roof. And it rolled off the roof and darted off into the woods. Okay, so it's like critters. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of got that feeling too. Yeah, that just like how they would roll up in a ball and just me. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So then a similar creature with glowing eyes and talons appeared in a side window. Both Billy Ray and J.C. shot at it through the glass, but it backflipped off the window and it ran off. Okay, this also sounds a lot like Gremlins. Right. So, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like little, little creatures with pointy ears, yellow eyes and claws, pretty much like attacking a bunch of people and causing a bunch of mayhem. Right. Well, and I kind of thought the same thing, but I, I will tell you, Steven Spielberg has cited this incident as inspiration for both E.T., and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. How are these... How is this inspiration for those two movies? That's what because he said. Those, I found those, an article. Both those aliens come in peace. They're, well, I why? don't think these aliens... The, the aliens, I don't think, necessarily were meaning them harm. But Maybe. the But the You're good right. old boys were like, let's shoot them first and ask questions later. Which, yeah, that's... Can, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... That's us. <laughs> so the family... The family in their original count... By the way, they never said the aliens were green, okay? okay? But this is the case that kind of, because after years and years, it took on this own persona. Yeah. And, like, it got exaggerated. This is where the idea of little green men came from. It was from this story. Even but they though weren't green. The, the witnesses never said they were green. They said they were wearing, like, silver suits. Like, silver. They were silver. Did they say anything about, like, their skin being green? No. Not oh. to my knowledge. Not from anything I could find. Okay. So, anyway, the Sutton family continues to fend off the the aliens, like, at the farmhouse, shooting them. as they, There was one in a maple tree, apparently, and they shot at it. And then someone suggests that creatures don't like light. Bright light, bright light. Bright light, bright light. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> so they turn all the lights on in the house, and they hear scratching noises on the roof. And finally, they decide to make a run for it. It's about 11 p.m. 
and they all jump into their cars and head to the Hopkinsville police station. When they get there, which it's just, you know, just before midnight or so, they tell the sergeant that they have been attacked and fighting off little silvermen. So they say clearly silvermen. Right. Um, at the farmhouse. So police chief Russell Greenwell. Oh, maybe that's where the green comes from. Greenwell. Mm, okay. Maybe people hear Greenwell and they go, oh, green aliens. I don't know. But anyway, Russell Greenwell calls the not just the Kentucky State Police and the Christian County Sheriff's Office. He also calls Fort Campbell Military Base. And he's like, I need backup. <laughs> so obviously they took it very seriously. They did. I mean, yeah, again, we're in the middle of the UFO panic. Right. I think of the 1950s. So right, yeah. I mean, you have, I mean, at that point. And in the families, I think the family was very believable. You know, they come in there with all, everyone is there, including the young children. Right. If if you're rolling and up with just like you know Lucky and like one other and guy, Billy Ray, and they're like, "Wait, saw an alien!" We shout at it. Right. That's one thing. But if you're but rolling up with the whole the whole crew, family is there and they're terrified, yeah. so they take it very serious. And so by one a.m., uh, law enforcement officials and the family and a photographer from the Kentucky New Era newspaper, which I guess someone called them. To come and investigate, um, they begin searching the property for evidence using flashlights to search in the dark because you know it's one a.m. Right. Um, investigators found shell casings, holes in the window screen, so that proved that the family had definitely shot at something. Right. They were shooting at something. Right. Um, and in one article I read, an officer claimed to see a glowing light in the woods, but they searched and found nothing. There was no craft. And it's also important to note here that the officers didn't find any evidence of heavy drinking. Glennie even told investigators that she didn't allow liquor in her farmhouse. So I just wanted to make it clear because some skeptics have suggested the family was just drunk and shooting at territorial owls. Which that would suck too. <laughs> I mean... But they, but they have... <laughs> that's one of the things the skeptics say is like, oh, it's just a bunch of owls and they were... They were, you know, they were territorial because they were mating or whatever. It wasn't, they weren't mating. It was August, which apparently is not the season for owls to be mating. Yeah. Um, or, like, you know. And um, these people were clearly not drunk. They like, found no evidence. And honestly, how many times have we been drunk? And we've, ne- I've never hallucinated an alien. Yeah. Who would have thought? I've never hallucinated anything. An owl. Who would have thought? Well, I don't know. Who? 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 Oh, oh, you're... man! Come on! Oh my God! <laughs> Stop. Okay. Anyway, so in another account I read, investigators found an iridescent stain on the ground where Lucky had shot one of the creatures. But what kills me is it—it it sounds like they didn't even take a sample. Well. Or do anything, it's any actual police work. But yeah, come on, like I. I would have picked up a sample. Hell, I think back in the 1800s, they would have picked up a sample of that shit and, like, analyzed it. They didn't do... They did not do that. Mm. I mean, it could have been motor grease. I don't know. But you take a freaking sample. Or at least write it down. Like, we saw this iridescent Well, they did. Stuff. I guess they did. Well, but, but, but saying, like, oh, but it, it could be from the But car. they could have done testing on it. That's what... What testing, is. though? I Chemistry tests. I don't know. You, you determine what the chemical is the compound of the the substance well, well hold on let's also give a little them a bit little, of police work let's give them a little benefit of the doubt because also 1950 
It's not like it's, it's not like know. it's not like nowadays where we have a bunch of no. like you know mm-hmm. technology. I'm not asking them to do DNA testing. I'm asking them just to figure <clears throat> out what the substance is. Anyway, so after a couple of hours investigating and finding nothing substantial, the officers left and the family tried to get some sleep. It was about 3.30 a.m. when Glennie awoke and saw one of the glowing creatures staring at her through the bedroom window. So she yells for Lucky and he and Billy Ray grab their guns and they stand watch through the rest of the night so i don't know if the creature then like ran off away from the window and so they didn't shoot at it Mm. um but so yeah so the creatures were definitely back even after they investigated okay so investigators followed up the next day with the sutton family they interviewed them individually and they seem to be the most convinced by glennie's account now remember she's the matriarch she's the one who owns the farmhouse Um, she was very religious. She was no nonsense. She lived there for years and years and never had any experiences like this before. So when she tells them what she's seen, this creature, creatures, they they were estimating it was like three or four creatures in the woods. I mean, they take her serious. Right. Right. So the investigators go back to the farmhouse. They're looking, trying to find more evidence in the daylight. And a local radio station employee named Bud Ledwith interviews the women. And he's trying to determine, okay, what did the creature look like? He's trying to, to come up with a detailed sketch of what the creature looked like. And I will post that image on Instagram just so you can see what it looks like. Because it's really, it's interesting. It does kind of right. resemble a gremlin. But we also determined. Yeah. So it looks like it's called like the Hopkinsville Goblin. Right. And so it's actually was the influence for a Pokemon, Sableye. Uh, our kiddo is really into Pokemon. Yeah. By the way, if you're a parent out there and your kiddo is obsessed with Pokemon, I feel you on like an existential <laughs> level because all they want is more Pokemon cards. Yes. And they <clears> sing the Pokemon, the Pokemon theme over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be the very best. Yeah. And they put, and our kiddo puts a <laughs> lot of emphasis into the song. I mean, he's rocking out all the time. Um, so, but it's interesting that something here in Kentucky, which in a paranormal situation when it's uh-huh. a, an alien you know, landing in Hopkinsville was an inspiration for a Pokemon. Yeah, a Japanese <laughs> so, a creature. A Japanese Pokemon. Yeah. Which um, apparently it, they're, it's really big in Japan. Like this this situation, this story um, really caught on. It became really popular in Japan is mm-hmm. what I heard. So cool cl- connection. Yeah. You know, okay. So... Um, in the days following this incident, newspapers and radio stations picked up the story, obviously, right? And not just local or regional news outlets, but also national news outlets, like the New York Times even covered it. Wow. So, yeah, people began flocking to the farmhouse looking for evidence. And the Suttons were not happy about this. They were not happy about being their invasion of privacy, right? And they tried putting up no trespassing signs. But it was to no avail. I mean, people were still coming onto their property. So the the family finally thought, well, hell, if people are not gonna, if they're gonna come into our property, I'm gonna, we're gonna start charging admission. 
they're they're you're that's the American dream, I guess. <laughs> well, I think they were thinking that it would dissuade people by saying, "Okay, you know, for five dollars, you can come on our property." You thought that was the, they were going to dissuade people, or I'm going to make a buck out of this. I don't know, but some people started calling them liars, started saying that they were just trying to make mm-hmm. money on the hoax. And Glennie was really upset by the whole experience. She actually sold the farmhouse and moved into an apartment. So So my 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 whole thing is when somebody goes through a situation like this, okay? Mm-hmm. And they feel like it's real and they report it and it gets traction, there seems to be a correlation in the behavior where it's like, okay, m- maybe this situation happened, okay? I'm going to report it because I'm scared and all that stuff. And then it gets popular with when, when, you know, it, things happen or like, you know, video. And now I'm going to start charging people. <laughs> no, it so, wasn't even, it was, it was relatively quick. It was like soon after it happened, people were right. starting to descend upon the farmhouse. And I think they were thinking, well, hell, we're going to make money off of this then. If they're going right. to, if they're going to come and start showing up on our property, we're going to start charging mm-hmm. them. And then, but then very soon after that, they got tired of it. Glennie, especially, she was like, forget this. I'm done. She moved out. She sold the farmhouse and she moved into an apartment. So it's not like they were continuing to make money off of this for years and years and years. Right. I'm talking it was a very short amount of time. So maybe, maybe they were just like, you know, this happened to us. All these people are coming in. Why not? have this like were, a little, a little, like something happened in our favor you know with this situation that, that we're famous and maybe i mean they're probably at this they point, were a pretty poor family pretty poor family. they didn't have so, like yeah. electricity running water they had a well on the property right. so i think you know i get it i understand yeah the desire but so anyway so over the years <clears throat> the story has obviously been exaggerated and the witnesses have been misquoted and as I explained earlier, the beings were not little green men, right? People spread that rumor, and now there's actually a, a Kelly Little Green Men Days Festival that's held every August in Hopkinsville. Which also... We should go to that. We oh, hell yeah. That would be fun as hell. Are you serious? <laughs> Let's take our kid to that. Yeah. Um, but also, the other thing, too, is I find it very interesting that, you know, when the eclipse happened... Yes. That the part of, like, totality, of total, total darkness, the line of total darkness actually hit across Hopkinsville. And it was August 21st. It was August 21st. It was 21st. the exact same date Yeah. as when this event occurred. See, that's that's serendipitous that's that's very serendipitous like okay so you have a situation august 21st 1955 okay and then of of a supposed like alien encounter Mm -hmm. and then you have a when when was was the eclipse again it was 2017 yeah yeah 2017 august 21st again Uh uh-huh and the through line of the total darkness is in Hawkinsville. Yeah. So people were thinking, like, oh, they're going to return. The aliens are going to return. Oh, my God. That's so Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> Where all those people are up on the roof, like, like ah, we yeah. don't leave. And they're, like, like on the side. Take me. Take me. Take me. Yeah. The aliens are, like, fuck you. And they, like, blow up the whole fucking building. Okay. Anyway. Glennie's granddaughter, Geraldine Sutton Stythe. 
wanted to set the record straight about her family's account of what happened. So she actually wrote two books, Alien Legacy, which came out in 2007, and The Kelly Green Men, Alien Legacy Revisited, published in 2015. Here's what she has to say to people who have criticized her family. Quote, My family went through something, whether it be paranormal or extraterrestrial, which changed their lives forever. I just want people to realize the terror they went through that night. Mm. End quote. So, you know, and she wasn't there when it happened. Right. Um, <clears throat> But I'm sure that that story went down, you know, for generations. Well, yeah, that's your family legacy at that point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because she, she grew and it changed everything. I mean, hell, her grandma had to sell her farmhouse, move into an apartment. You know, it probably divided the family in some way. Like some people think it's not real. Some people think it's real. Yeah. Why didn't you capitalize on this? Give me the money. You're full of crap. Just all sorts of stuff. It's very sad. Hey, why don't you make us another cocktail? Oh, yeah. We're both out. Let's do that. And then before we jump into some of the other UFO and alien encounters in Kentucky. There's quite a few. So he's going to start mixing up the drink here. So we posted on Instagram about X-Files, and um, there was an image of Agent Scully and Agent Mulder. Right. And I think I'm very clearly Agent Mulder, (laughs) because I am a believer no matter what. I, I mean, I can be slightly skeptical about things, but for the most part, I'm a believer. Um, I think Andrew's more of a skeptic. I think he's more of Scully. I really do. He, I, he doesn't quite feel that way, but I... <laughs> I think I skirt the line between the two. So I think that... Hold I, on. Let's make sure they can hear you. Right. Trying to... I think that um, when it comes down to Mulder and Scully, I feel like I'm a little bit of both. I'm skeptical. I have a science mind with my background. But I, so you're but Scully. I, but I want to believe. Like that's the whole thing is like Mulder wants to believe. But he automatically believes. There's no wanting to believe with Mulder. Well, he, he also, does believe. But he, his sister was also abducted by aliens. He has wow. a pretty big trauma event in his life that deals with alien abductions. <laughs> so. wow. Okay. Well, anyway, we actually just rewatched um, the first few episodes this week to kind of prepare for this. Um, which podcast by, which by the way that show that show freaking rocks yeah that show is so good it is it's so fun and well and we were both talking about um, how the first episode like scully's definitely a, a you know a clarice oh yeah she definitely reminds of, of clarice from uh silence of the lambs and silence, silence of the lambs came out in 1991 and then and she, and this came out in 1993. Three, so it's like two years later. So they clearly picked her because she kind of has that look. But also, she's she's a skeptic. But in the first episode, she seems to really be like game on with Mulder. And then the second episode, it's like they were like, okay, that was the pilot. <laughs> Sorry. Shaking the drink. Um, but in the first episode, she seems to believe. And then the, in the second one, she's like, oh, I'm fully a skeptic. So it's like they were like, okay, that was the pilot. So now we got to really reel it in. And we're going to have Scully be more of the skeptic. We got to really make sure she's. So I feel like there's this, there's been this dynamic of like the believer and the skeptic. No, you're going to have to make more. You didn't make enough for yourself. <laughs> this drink is not very full. 
Ladies first. <laughs> Thanks, babe. It's delicious. It really is good, guys. I like it. So, mm. okay. So, uh, favorite episode of X Files. Oh, Squeeze by it's, far. Yeah, Squeeze by far. It's it's like the third one, but I remember. Okay, so uh, little story. Um, if you haven't guessed, I'm a pretty big nerd. Um, in, <laughs> no. In middle school, I was a bigger <laughs> nerd. And so we had to do a project on a book, and I had to do a diorama. And so I found a book in the library, and it was a novelization of the third X-Files episode, Squeeze. And if you don't know which that episode is, it's the one where they find out that there's this guy. Spoiler alert, if you Spo haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen it since the 90s, I'm, I'm sorry. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> but he w awakens every... 30 years it's kind of like oh it's it, kind of like um pennywise yes he's like pennywise so he wakes up every 30 years and he has to feed on the livers of like five people and to then sustain his, his to, like sustain or... his life and then he goes and he um he hibernates in like newspapery type of things like he licks newspaper and yeah, like puts it up on disgusting. walls and stuff and but the thing is though he can squeeze through small spaces like air ducts and stuff mm -hmm. like that so <laughs> i made a diorama of course of did. this office building of one of his first victims and i made this office guy out of clay and he had his liver out <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and and there is like a hand coming out of a air duct <laughs> I got an A, but I'm pretty sure my teacher probably thought I was <laughs> fucked up. No, your teacher was like, this is cool. I remember this episode. No, 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 no. This wasn't the science teacher. This was the literature teacher, and she was very... She wasn't as cool. She was very old, <laughs> and she probably thought that I was completely messed this up. This guy's going to be a serial killer, but I'll give him an A. And I became a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh so. my gosh. Um, yeah, I I do like the squeeze one. I remember that one scaring the shit out of me as a kid. Like fucking it's guy that just like Oh, anyway. Anyway, it was gross. He comes back like three or four times. Yeah, I re yeah, I remember that. Um I also remember the like twin one. Yes. Like, Eve. Or they're like they're, Eve. no, it's they're Eve. they're clones. Yeah, it's called the don't They're test close. me on this. It's called, oh, the, the title oh of the episode is called Eve. Okay. <laughs> and so they they're clones and yeah. they feel they they feel what they like each twin feels like twin speak type of situation, but also they're murderers. <laughs> so, Wait, you didn't shake it, babe. Oh, I didn't. You're right. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Okay. I'm sorry. We're talking about X Files. I'm really hyped up right he now. He gets really excited about X Files. Now, you may pour yourself some more. And if there's a little extra, you can add it to my glass because it's so delicious. Thank you. It really is good, guys. I hope you all try this cocktail out because it's, it's yummy. I could drink this shit on the beach. Okay, so, babe. Yes. It's your time to shine. Oh. Yeah, so you're going to tell us some other <clears throat> UFO and alien encounters that have occurred in Kentucky. Okay. Well, uh, so this report of a UFO dates back to January of 1948. So mm -hmm. we're going back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the Kentucky Highway Patrol contacted Fort Knox to report a strange circular glowing object moving westbound in the sky. 
They said it was near Maysville. But reports also came in from Irvington and Owensboro. Hmm. The officers at Fort Knox radio pilots in four planes that were already in the sky to see if they could catch up to it and see what it was. Okay. They suspected it was a flying saucer. One of the pilots was low on fuel, so he couldn't continue with the chase. Within 20 minutes, the pilots were ready to say the saucer was above them at 20,000 feet. Mm. It was moving too fast for them to catch. Okay. At 22,500 feet, two of the pilots decided not to continue the pursuit. However, Captain Thomas F. Mantle was determined to follow the object. Unfortunately, once it reached 25,000 feet, he passed out from lack of oxygen. Mm. His plane crashed into a farm south of Franklin. He was only 25 years old. Oh, that's so awful. Yeah, I know. His family. Right. And what truly makes it sad is one of the pilots believed that they were chasing a star or some other type of celestial body. So it sounds like it may not have even been a UFO. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, how do you fuck that up? Because these are military men. I mean, there's a pretty big difference between a star and a flying saucer traveling across the sky. Right. So, I don't know. Anyway, that's weird. Right, I agree. But I think that these people would have been trained to know the difference. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, on to the next story. Okay. Uh, This one takes place in January of 1976. And has been deemed one of the most widely accredited and best documented cases of a UFO and alien abduction. Elaine Thomas, Louise Smith, and Mona Stafford were out to eat celebrating Mona's 36th birthday at a restaurant in Stanford, Kentucky. As they were driving home, the three Casey County women said they saw a bright red object where they thought was a plane on fire hmm. falling from the sky. They, the, so they thought that this object was a plane. Yes. Okay. Okay. The enormous metallic aircraft, which they said was oval-shaped and had yellow revolving lights, oh. stopped in midair and began hovering above their car. Suddenly, a bluish-white light engulfed their car, and it began to shake. Oh, gosh. The three women passed out. They woke up an hour and a half later in Huttonsville, eight miles away from where they had been and seen the UFO. The women reported having red marks like burns on the back of their necks. One of the women was diagnosed with severe conjunctivitis, a.k.a. pink eye. Probably because the aliens, like, farted on their pillow. No, stop. <laughs> the wo- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't make some type of nasty joke about, like, the... Well, okay, so the women began chain-smoking and lost a lot of weight. Okay. Which could have been a trauma response. Yeah. And I, I want to go ahead and preface this guy's name is silly. All right. Dr. Leo Sprinkle, a physician and well-known respected UFOologist, heard about the case and reached out to the three women. At first, they refused Dr. Sprinkle's help, worried the story would be released nationally. However, a promise was made to keep the results of their hypnotic regression quiet until they felt comfortable with releasing that information. In separate sessions, the women each described being taken aboard a spaceship. They were examined by creatures that they described as shadowy figures, 
the details of the beings were fairly vague, but of what they have said about their abductors is that they remember the beings having two eyes, a round head, with hands that look like jagged wingtips. They were also small, about four feet tall. So the women were also given lie detector tests and they all passed. Yeah. Oof. So it sounds like they definitely had some type of trauma, whatever they had experienced. Right. So something, something obviously something happened, happened to them. They had a traumatic experience. What, whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, something happened to them, and you know they had they had trauma because of it. By the way, if you hear slurping in the background, <laughs> it's our idiot dog. Um, our sweet dog. He's a sweetheart, but he I had planted some stuff out in my garden and used fertilizer today, organic fertilizer. And the idiot dog, I think, ate some of the soil. And so he's down here while Andrew's trying to talk and he's licking the ground. And I'm like, he obviously needs water because he's dying of thirst. So I rush upstairs and get him his bowl of water. And he's like, now he's drinking the water incessantly because he's an idiot. And I think he ate that stuff and it's made him thirsty and i hope he's okay i hope he's okay too i i caught him though really quick anyway digression yeah i just it's gonna pick up on the mic because the mic picks up background noise and he's back there gulping and now he's licking the carpet again he's doing it again he okay okay (laughs) sorry everyone live we're live (laughs) (laughs) okay so the last story yeah so the last story is pretty remarkable because it um it's kind of a showdown between a Jefferson County helicopter patrol. So and here a in Louisville, well, here in Louisville, we're kind right. of on the outskirts of Louisville. Right. But... but this is interesting because it's like a showdown. Yeah. Okay. So, on the evening of February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety three, two Jefferson County Air um, officers reported seeing a glowing pear shaped object that flew in circles ar- around their helicopter. Okay. It then shot three baseball-sized fireballs at them. Hmm. So the Courier-Journal... Oh, I work for them. I know. <laughs> the main newspaper in, uh, in Louisville yeah. reported on the incident. Mm-hmm. And scientists alleged, like, ruled out meteors, fireballs, and known aircraft. Okay. So in March of that year, the newspaper reported that a man claimed to have created a homemade hot air balloon. And that's actually what the officers saw. But Officer Kenny Downs, one of the pilots, and I said that that there's no way that that was just a hot air balloon. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So again, it, I think you know these are officials. These are military men. They're officers. Like they're not going to be like, oh, I just shot at a hot air balloon. Like they're not stupid. You know, like they're going to know the difference between a hot air balloon and some type of spacecraft. So, I so. Babe, I did want to talk about my weird experience that I um, I mentioned to you earlier this week. Right, which I never knew this. I swear I thought I told you. You might have. We've been together forever. We've Sometimes been... my brain doesn't work as well, yeah. so who knows. Well, and we're like that old couple that just constantly repeats stories over and over again because we forget them. Um, anyway. yeah. yeah, that's us. So I was like, I don't know. I may have been 10, 11 years old. I couldn't have been any older than that because we moved. Um, but I remember we were still living in our old house um, in the neighborhood behind mm-hmm. our elementary school. 
And on summer nights, I would like to go outside and I would borrow my dad's binoculars and look up at the night sky. And I always wanted a telescope and I never caught one, which is why I was like really adamant about getting our son a telescope because I wanted him to be able to like. Yeah, my mom got him one. Yeah. He he never uses it. He doesn't. We try try to get him to use it. He never uses it. Um, maybe this summer weekend. Maybe. Um, but I, re- but so when I was like 10 or 11, I remember going out and I was using the binoculars and I was looking up near the moon and I noticed this small, well, it was small from my perspective. It was a disc shaped craft and it seemed to reflect the moonlight or it was glowing. And I thought, well, that's strange. What, what is that? Doesn't look like a plane. It's not a helicopter. What, what is that? And it was just hovering for about a minute. And then suddenly it darted off so fast. I couldn't find it for a second. Like it was like, I was like looking with my binoculars and it had like darted off. I'd never seen anything move that quickly. And not two minutes later, I saw two army jets race past that same area in the sky, almost as if they were trying to catch up with it, but they couldn't. It was the weirdest thing, and I couldn't explain what I saw or what it was, but it stuck with me all these years, and I've never seen anything like it. And it makes me think, after hearing all these stories, that it could have been some type of craft, whether it was alien in nature or what, but there was clearly army planes that were chasing after it. Right. And I think, I mean, it could be that. But also the other thing, too, is like we have technology that our army has. Has had. Has had. But is that alien technology? Did they get it, it from? Be. Because, like, the, 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 I mean, even, like, you know, the bomber, like, you know, and, and some of the technology of, like, you know, being able to stay off, like, radar and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, what is that called? Where they can, um. Anyway. Stealth. So, stealth. Stealth. Yeah. There stealth. we go. Stealth I technology. I play video games. I should know that. Yeah, you should know that. What the fuck? Why I'm do tired. I have to say I'm, I'm it? Tired. <laughs> so, um, stealth technology that like where did that come from? Right. So I mean that's the thing, is like, you know, Roswell happened. Yeah. You know, what yeah. what and also here's the other thing too, is like, you know, if aliens are coming to kind of check in on us and see what we're doing, here's some things that maybe we shouldn't do. We shouldn't shoot at them on sight. Immediately. <laughs> Star Trek shows us that, you know, I, I like to point out that's another great thing. Like Star Wars, Star Trek, they teach us those things. Like First Contact, the movie. The Vulcans come down and give us hyperdrive. We're not capping them in the face. Okay. But... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but the thing is, though, is that like our, our first thing is like, you know, shoot and ask questions later. Maybe that's not the best thing to do. But here's my thing. Whether or not aliens are from actually outside of our... Like, if they're not terrestrial, right? They're extraterrestrial. They're... Um, I don't know. I've also heard evidence... I guess what I'm trying to say is I've also heard evidence they, they could have been here for years. Okay, the movie. um, The War of the Worlds movie with Tom Cruise. Ugh. Where they've been underground the whole time and they're just waiting like they've been waiting for this opportunity that is not good but there's been some evidence that they could ha- they could be here already okay i mean that could be it but that movie sucks 
it's like that. It's not like good just because I don't care. I, I, I will tell you right now. So, so real quick, one thing you should know about me, my dad used to rock me to sleep when I was really little (laughs) listening to the 1970 insert, whatever year it was, uh, war of the world's uh album we should put a picture of that cover yeah i actually have so we have a we have a record player and my dad gave us all his records and it's the do you want to find it babe it's fine in a second war of the worlds 1970 blah 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 and it's the um orchestral (laughs) storytelling it's like so it's like the world so it's a it's a storytelling but it also has music to it and singing it is terrible i'm i i used to hear that like maybe it's trauma response from being so little and like my dad's rocking me to sleep and i'm hearing the chances of anything coming from mars (laughs) a million to one he says so it scared I, the shit out of me. So I want to point out, like, there's Growing that, up. there's that, and then he showed you Chucky at three. And then he told me, yeah, and then and Exorcist when I was five. You saw a lot of creepy stuff. I saw some <laughs> shit. I saw some shit, guys. Um, but it, you know, it's also I'm as cool as I am nowadays. Right? No, you're you're cool. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I, my my whole thing is though is like because I I feel like we need. But, we need to have, we continue this conversation about aliens, especially with abductions. Yeah, so just going back to that, like, it really, like, aliens of all the things, I guess aliens and zombies have always been the thing that spooked the shit out of me. Aliens, because of the way they look, and the, the idea, like, I've always thought that they could be demons, like, and so I think that scares me. And then the whole zombie thing also terrified me as a kid. Um, just like bodies being reanimated, and I think it was because of the freaking movie, <laughs> it's not Return s- of the Living Dead, where they blow up Louisville, Kentucky. That's not scary though. It's it not scares scary, the Stephanie. shit out of me. Oh, man. It scares the shit out it's of me. Good. So if you were to ask me what's the like two most terrifying things for me, it's zombies and aliens. Period. The end. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, so I, it, I was, it freaks me out. I was trying to look up something real quick because I wanted to say, um, I agree that aliens freaked me out. It freaked me out as well as a kid. And so I think that's why I really gravitated to X-Files because like, there's something just fun about being but scared. But X-Files also was about like other paranormal stuff. But it hold wasn't on. just <laughs> aliens. That was the main. That was the main storyline. Yeah. But th- I just remember being a kid and there was a there was a movie that came on mm-hmm. on like wgn and it was a found footage movie about an alien abduction called it was like the the incident at silver lake mm-hmm. and it was about this kid who was like i'm home for thanksgiving and i'm going to have a handy a ca- cam, a handy cam yeah. and i'm going to film it all my family and so then the lights all go out and this had to be like before Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. And he goes out to the woods with his brother and his dad who have guns again. Mm-hmm. And good old boys. Good old boys. And the aliens crash land and start attacking mm-hmm. the family during Thanksgiving. It was terrifying. And it was probably one of the first found footage movies. It was one of the first. I wish. I need to find that. I, yeah. that it was so it might be on YouTube. scary. As a kid, like watching that in, in like the basement with popcorn by myself, <laughs> and it just like, yeah. 
So I think that's... But aliens have always interested me. I, the idea of there's being life on other planets, and then, like they're coming here and watching us and trying to figure us out, and seeing if like we are worthy enough to, mm. you know, get their knowledge. It's it's just, or or the other completely other side of it. You know, are we a threat mm. and we need to be eliminated? And I think that's the whole the whole thing there. And so I think um, this, like this this I could talk about aliens for. For a long time. Yeah. We're going to have to go to New Mexico at some point. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Listeners, have you ever seen a UFO or have you ever had an alien encounter? We want to hear about it. So tell us because we might feature you on a future podcast. <laughs> so email us at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Also... Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Spirited Spirits. We're on Instagram at Spirited underscore Spirits underscore underscore podcast. Um, you probably are following us on there and you've probably seen our cocktail recipes, so that's great. But um we also ask if you if you wouldn't mind, would you please rate and review us? Because that really helps us out. It it helps us to get recommended to others. Um, and helps kind of move our podcast along, makes it a little bit more. Yeah, and and tell your family. Yeah, about us. tell your friends. Be like, please recommend us. Listen to these dorks. <laughs> listen to these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we really do appreciate it. We've gotten so much great feedback, and um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we've so appreciated the reviews and the ratings. It's just been it's been great. We've we've been re- people have reached out to us in various forms and we just we're so grateful right yeah so thank so, you yeah thanks for listening and we hope you will continue to join us each week as we talk about spirits and other spooky shit like aliens <laughs> while we sip on spirits bye bye <laughs> <laughs>